First of all, I do apologize if I'm a little distracted. I do have the Saints and 49ers on right now, so I do apologize for that. But I wanted to come on here to talk about Fantastic Fantastic's latest Sonic video, where he touched upon Sonic's romantic experiences in the Archie books. And I will say he did a decent job when he touched upon it, you know, talking about all the different love interests Sonic had. But there are a few details he left out. And I don't know, maybe he, you know, didn't, you know, research enough to, you know, get those details. Or maybe it was just the fact that he wanted to get something out before the Thanksgiving holiday or during the Thanksgiving holiday. But be, be that as it may, I've decided to come out and kind of add to what Samtastic talked about in his video. Seeing as though I've been a fan of the book since it began, I've read the book since it began, well, almost since it began, and the fact that I've been a subscriber to the book since issue 72 to its very end. So, with that said, let me give you a bit of detail, a little added detail to some of these uh, love interests that he talked about, starting with the one he started with. And of course, that would be Bunny Rabot. Now, true, Bunny did flirt with Sonic when she was first introduced. And, as far as the cartoon goes, you can tell that there is something there, but not as, you know, noticeable as in the comics. However, you know, just like Samtastic put it, it wouldn't be until another 150 issues later that Bunny would basically start, I guess you could say, flirting and getting it on, if you will, uh, with Sonic till about issue 150. But the catch, as Samtastic has pointed out and others have pointed out, is the fact that this wasn't the Sonic that Bunny was, you know, getting it on with. And I'll touch upon that in a moment. But instead, it was Sonic's evil doppelganger from Anti-Mobius, or as it would later be known, Moebius. And Basically, to get to the point, point uh, to get to the point here, like I said, you know, basically, um, Bunny was unaware in the story that this was not the Sonic of her world, Mobius Prime, but of Moebius. This was basically anti-Sonic, who would later go on to be Scourge the Hitchhawk. You know, but still, it did kind of tie into Sonic. You know, the, the Sonic, Sonic Prime, if you will, later on. Because when he would come back to his world, Bunny would basically say, hey, let's kind of continue off, where, you know, continue where we left off with our nap. You know, when she sees Sonic, and Sonic's looking at her like, wait a minute, uh, what's going on here? Why are all the girls suddenly acting cuckoo, if you will, or wanting to flirt with me? What's going on? You know, he wasn't sure. As I mentioned, Sonic would, was wondering, like, what's going on with the girls here? Why are they acting so strange? Why are they flirting with me? You know, because he didn't know, and I guess it was explained off-panel, that basically the person flirting with them was not really Sonic. It was his doppelganger. Because I'm sure off-panel, Sonic probably figured, you know, he put two and two together, probably asked around, and figured it out. Like I said, probably off-panel, as we it does get described in the comic later on, uh, basically, you know, Sonic was able to straighten things out and make him realize, yeah, that wasn't me, that was the other guy. That was my doppelganger. 
But the reason it be, but the reason Bunny is in this, and especially when I was talking about quote unquote getting it on with Sonic um, during 150, is because basically in one of the final pages of that issue, or in the story for, in the main story of that issue, uh, basically. Bunny and, as she thought at the time, Sonic, quote-unquote, had taken a nap under a tree. A nap that went well into the night. Till Bunny woke up and realized, oh crap, it's late, i got to get home before anybody gets suspicious. And the reason I bring this up is because, as I've talked about and others have talked about, it basically indicated that Bunny Rabot slept... You know, with uh, Evil Sonic. Now you're thinking, well, yeah, it's true. They did sleep. It was a na- it's, called, it's called a nap. An extended nap, but a nap. But we're not talking about the kind of go-to-sleep kind of deal as good night for the night. No. We're talking slept as in she did the thing with Evil Sonic, basically. She did the deed. You know, she got... You know, she got her world rocked, if you know what I mean, by someone that she thought was one of her close friends, a potential love interest. And everybody from Cyberpunk Jordan to Game Apologist to myself and many others, you know, on YouTube and other places, like Thanks Ken Pender's Tumblr, have all basically deciphered and agreed that that's exactly what happened. But Samtastic didn't touch upon this, but I'm pretty sure just by him talking about them waking up, you can kind of tell in his tone that, yeah, he acknowledges that as well. But, of course, this is YouTube, so you want to kind of, you know, use your verbiage a little uh, wiser, if you know what I mean. You want to use your verbiage a little carefully, more carefully, um... You know, than you had in the past. But yeah, basically that's the overall consensus, is that Bunny, thinking this was the Sonic, got her world rocked in the greatest, most pleasurable ways for her. Which is questionable, since she's half, you know, half you know, cybernetic, cyborg, if you will, in that region. But still. But still, be that as it may, that's basically the vibe that's been given off. And Ken, who wrote the story, even tried to defend it as well, which basically did not sit well with a lot of fans. But as far as the next couple of issues later, yeah, Bunny did kiss Sonic on the lips, you know, as gratitude for saving her from being absorbed by Adam, who was a sentient AI created by Eggman, because, you know, her being half cybernetic, he figured, oh yeah, I can absorb you, and you'll be part of me, and all that, and you'll all be part of this bigger picture, but it took Sonic to convince Adam, okay, fine, you absorb the cybernetics, but what about the organic part? What about that? And that was enough to basically wake Adam up and re- make him realize, oh, I didn't account for that, so I've got to fix that. i got to work on that. And that's what he did. He ended up working on that. Now, with that said, like I said, Bunny did get rescued by Sonic, and she did kiss him on the lips, basically saying thank you and that, he is, that she just wants to look at him as her hero. But what... 
But what Samtastic doesn't point out, and others I don't think have pointed out that much, is the fact that when she kissed Sonic, the initial panel, which I think the uh, work in progress drawing, the original WIP is out there for, had Sonic's eyes still open and kind of in shock that Bunny was kissing him on the lips. But instead, when it got finalized, the drawing ended up having his eyes closed. That's hinting that maybe there was going to be something between them. Thankfully, that wasn't the case until we got to the line of succession story where this was all resolved and Bunny ended up back with the real Antoine. Yeah, because long story short, the Antoine had broken up with her. Even though it was supposed to go one way, Ken said, nope, that ain't going to work, we'll go this way. And it was revealed that the Antron had broken up with her was just like, you know, the Sonic that she had slept with. It was basically the evil doppelganger known as Evil Antoine, a.k.a. Patch. But yeah, as far as Bunny goes, there was attractions there and everything. And, it, you know, she does count as a romantic love interest when it comes to Sonic, there is no doubt. You know, there's no skirting around that, you know, whatsoever. And I say that with all due respect, heck, no offense. All due respect, no offense. But, with that said, let's get on to our next subject, our next lady that he touched upon. And that would be Miss Amy Rose. Now, I think a lot of us have touched upon this numerous times with Amy, you know, The fact that she's always been infatuated with Sonic, you know, ever since the beginning, if you know what I mean. She's always been infatuated with him. Just give me some Coke there. Coca-Cola, that is. But she's always been infatuated with him. She always wanted to make it her goal, you know, to be with him. Basically make the dream of, I'm going to be Sonic's girl, a reality. And here's the thing, you know, here's the thing, give credit where credit is due, she wanted to be with him, and basically the consensus, I guess from a story perspective, and from a fan perspective, is hey, she looks at the fact that I'm a hedgehog, he's a hedgehog, we're meant for each other, but that would not be the case, not even... Not even after she got her redesign. In the story explanation in Archie Comics, she used the rings of acorn, the magic MacGuffin, as people put it, to age her up to her current modernized design that she still has to this day. However, the story explanation that Samtastic didn't touch upon when it came to Amy on that perspective, I think he kind of did, but not really, is that even though she was old, old enough, basically, kind of had the body of a 15, 16-year-old, you know, basically physically the same age as Sonic and Sally and all them, that still, mentally, she was 10 years old, 10, 11 years old, basically the same age as Tails. And this is even further indicated in a backup story or a side story, or story B, if you will, in a further issue down the line, where basically Sally explains to Amy that she has to go to school along with Tails, and the teacher that uh, Tails is going to have calls Amy over to them because even though Amy might still might physically, you know, be the age of like I say, a mid, uh, someone in the mid teens, if you will, 
you know, someone in the mid-teens, that mentally, in reality, she is still, you know, like I said, tail's age. And, again, like I said, this was utilized. I think this story was created to basically cement the fact that even though she thought, hey, I look old enough, I can be with the older kids, and da-da-da-da, go to the older classes, da-da-da-da, that wasn't the case, and she ended up basically stuck where she was anyway, or where she was going to be anyways, if you will. Well, like I said, she still ended up basically where she was going to be anyway, despite, you know, her change, you know, physically. And she only did that from a story aspect because of the fact that she wanted to go on Freedom Fighter missions. But also the fact that, as she indicated in a backup story that led to this, you know, you know, that led to this, that basically she... You know, because she had a disagreement with Sally. It's a, it's a side story called I Want to Be a Freedom Fighter. And basically, she has a, a little bit of a, a tissy with Sally by saying she wants to be a freedom fighter. Sally's trying to explain you're too young. And Amy's reaction is, oh, you just want Sonic all to yourself. So you add that to her other reasoning, hey, I want to go on missions now with you guys, so I got to... So, uh, you know, I want to go on a mission with you guys now, so I'm going to age myself up. Pretty much a lot of people look at the fact that she did that for the main reason of she wants to basically seem more attractive to Sonic. Now, throughout the comic, she would always still be infatuated with him. She would do everything she could to try to get his attention, try to be with him, stuff like that. She would even call upon Julie Sue to help train her. You know, and everything. And, and, and even Julie Sue questioned, wait a minute, why do you need my training? You know, or why do you want to suddenly train with me? Why did you call upon my help? And Amy basically has to explain to her, oh, I just want to become a better freedom fighter so Sonic would notice me. That's it. That has always been her M.O. in the, you know, in the Archie comics, you know, even in Sonic X as well. That she would do whatever it took to get him to say, okay, I'll give you a chance kind of deal. That's about it. She would always do that. That was always she would always do something like that. And a lot of fans would even look at it from even a reality standpoint, you know, where you know, here you have this fangirl or fan person wanting to, you know, be uh with this celebrity or be with this hero or heroine. You know, all so they could tell and brag to the friends, yeah, I'm dating so and so and oh yeah, so and so didn't did the deed. Da, 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 da. That's about it. That's how a lot of fans looked at her from that perspective. Now, they did tease something, I will give them that, uh, during the Iron Dominion arc, but it didn't last. Because like I said, the Iron Dominion arc, the romance between Sally and Monkey Con, or Ken Con as he was known, was basically similar to any, you know, story arc romances. It was only done for that arc. It was done to basically also build upon another romance that one of the characters involved had previously been in, and that was it. That was it. And Sonic only took Amy out to Uncle Chuck's for lunch as a treat because of basically the friendship. Oh, yeah. Like I said, you know, he basically just treated her to a, a friendly lunch. That is, that, you know, that's all it was. Some could say it was a date or anything, but Sonic's the kind of character that when he looks at something like that, as described by people at Sega, it's just a friendly, you know, get together, nothing real serious kind of deal. 
Although with a character like Amy Rose, it could be looked at that way. And as I mentioned, you know, previously, you know, as I mentioned previously, she still, you know, still had a thing for Sonic afterwards. But what was interesting is 222. Because she came to the defense of Sonic and Sally and that, and said, go on, be, have a good time, and even told somebody that questioned, wait a minute, aren't you the girl that always is infatuated with, is infatuated with Sonic, you know, and want, you know, is trying everything to make him yours? And Amy's answer is a very mature one. You know, she still has the belief, you know, she still has the belief as I mentioned, basically 222, you know, she would basically come to Sonic and Sally's aid, you know, basically allowing them to go, you know, and resume their date together peacefully and even telling one person who questioned, wait a minute, aren't you the girl that wants Sonic to be her own? She basically, gives, like I said, she gives a mature answer. She says, look, yes, I believe Sonic will be mine someday, you know, but all I care about is his happiness. And if being with Sally makes him happy, then I'm happy for him. That's that's it. That's basically what she said. That was basically her answer of, hey, if him being with Sally, you know, makes him happy, that's all that matters to me. That's all that matters to me, basically. And like I said, that's a very mature answer on her part. And what's interesting is the fact that when we got into the Mecha Sally arc, you know, she teamed up with Sonic and Tails, of course, because that's Sega requirements, they're the game heroes, you know, and everything to go save Sally, you know, kind of get her back to restore her. But never once, as far as I know, looking back at that story arc, never once did she ever use that opportunity to flirt with Sonic or anything. Maybe she showed signs with the little hearts above her head, but never once did she ever use the opportunity to be like, hey, I'm with Sonic, this might be my opportunity, if I help save Sally, he might be with me. That never happened, as far as I know, except maybe visually a few things here and there, but very, 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 very limited visualness on that. But, again, I think that moment of 222, that was Ian's own way of saying, look, enough with Amy being infatuated with Sonic. If she truly loves Sonic, if she truly cares about him, then she'll accept the fact that he wants to be with someone like Sally, and that's all that matters to, matter to her if that makes him happy. So that was a good little moment there. I'll give him that. And again, that helped evolve you know, Amy for the rest of the comic. There is no doubt. No doubt about that. Even, in the, even when the retcon and reboot, or soft retcon reboot occurred, Amy was never like that, which everybody was very appreciative of, you know, despite how others might feel. But yeah, Amy has to be put into this consideration because of the fact of basically they did tease something, but that was about it, and the maturity level she showed in 222, which helped her grow as a character later on. But now, on to the next character. The next character who basically has one thing in common with Sonic, that's speed, but also has something else that Sonic likes, and anybody would like, and, you know, someone they could consider a friend, a good singing voice. And that would be Mina Mongoose. And, you know, Samtastic did a good job with her. There is no doubt talking about, you know, why she's a love interest of Sonic. And basically, the, the, you know, the fact that there were many moments throughout the comic 
you know, to where it looked like they would hook up. There was no doubt. But, but what happened, basically, is I think he left out one little detail. You see, you see, basically, when it came to 2.22 and Sonic going to save Sally and Mina going with him, or at least following behind him, because Mina was still, you know, obsessed with him and everything. She was kind of, she was kind of taking the place of, of Amy Rose. She was obsessed, but also delusional. You know, very obsessed, very delusional, and everything. Um, you know, when it came to Sonic, you know, being maybe the one. But, but what happened? She ended up getting a wake-up call. You know, she ended up getting a wake-up call, basically. And that wake-up call was when she saw Sonic and Sally reunite, when Sonic, like I said, went to go rescue her uh, in 122. Or one, yeah, not 122, but 123. Went to go rescue her in 123. And Sally told Sonic that she loves him and that he says he knows. Mina seen this, yeah, her heart was broken, but it was a wake-up call, and she even basically admitted to herself that she shouldn't have been that arrogant or that delusional, you know, at the fact that, you know, that, you know, basically she would believe she would have a chance with Sonic despite the attraction. And yes, there were hints. There were hints at Sonic being possibly looking at, or being some, being in a position of looking at Amy as a love interest. There's even a panel in the comics, one of the issues, where he's looking down in a, at a lake and he sees the reflections of Sally and Mina, basically indicating that, you know, you know, he's got to make a choice between the two. Like, who's it going to be? You know, who's it going to be in the long run? But it did end up being Sally. And Mina, like I said, seeing this, woke up and realized that, you know, she was being arrogant. She was being delusional. But, just like with Amy, she realized, you know what? Even though I may not, you know, get the same feelings reciprocated to me by him... You know, all that matters to me is his happiness. And if being with the princess it makes him happy, then that's all that matters. And she goes and sacrifices herself to save Sally by allowing herself to get shot, which surprises Sonic and Sally. And before she passes out uh, into, I guess they say, a temporary coma from the shot, she tells Sonic that she loves him. Basically, she was able to confess her love for him. Now, what's interesting is after Sonic came back from being away in space for about a year, because a lot of people thought he was dead, uh, after 225, Mina did move on. She did get a boyfriend and her band manager, Ash, who was also a mongoose. But it was also hinted at that she still had a thing for Sonic, even going back to 150. If you will, when she thought Sonic, the Sonic that when she thought, excuse me, that, that the Sonic that was flirting with her was the Sonic, but thankfully she came to her senses and realized I can't betray my boyfriend. I can't cheat on my boyfriend, if you will. So at least she had that maturity level of yes, it's great that Sonic, as she thought, was finally giving her that attention, but also realized, hey, realizing, hey, wait a minute. You know, I have somebody. This this is not going to make sense. This is not going to work. So, give her credit there. 
Even though, depending on what you believe later on in the future, whether you consider it canon or not, she ends up with tails. So <laughs> go, you know, so figure that out if you will. Like I said, you know, take the future relationship she has with Tails, you know, with, you know, a grain of salt or literally whatever the case may be. But yeah, all this basically leads her into the arms of Tails, Miles Prower, again, depending on if you consider the relationship in the future to be canon or not canon. But with that said, uh, with that said, let's move on to the next character that he touched upon and that would be Fiona Fox now Fiona is an interesting story because from a story arc perspective she never really cared for Sonic because she believed Sonic had abandoned her when he came to rescue Mighty and Ray and didn't notice oh wait a minute there's someone else in prison by Robotnik so she didn't care about that However, after the sacrifice he did in 225, you know, she had a change of heart. And when he came back, she realized, you know what, maybe I was wrong about him. And maybe he didn't really mean to abandon me the way he did. So, what, came, what built from there was surprisingly a relationship. How this came about, we don't really know. We don't know whose idea it was, but apparently it happened. Some say it was called Bola's idea. Some say it was Kim Pender's. But it happened. It happened. There's no getting around that. It indeed happened. Now, with that said, though, with that said, did the relationship between them last? No. Because even though Fiona tried to give Sonic a chance, she basically was more into the, uh, like I said, you know, it wouldn't last long. Even Samtastic pointed this out because apparently uh, Ian Flynn, when he came on board, decided, you know what, I'm not going to do the Fiona Sonic thing anymore. That doesn't make sense. Because I think even as a fan himself, he was like, okay, where did this relationship suddenly come from? You know, he couldn't understand it. So he decided to go the route by having her cheat on Sonic, two-time Sonic, go with his evil doppelganger now that he was Scourge, and that's it. And she became part of, you know, the Suppression Squad, the Anti-Freedom Fighters, the Destructives, you name it. You know, she basically, you know, went, you know, went rogue again. Basically went, I guess you could say, very villainous anti-heroine or anti-heroine, if you will, than she ever was before. Like, you know, like obviously she could tell, okay, you know, right from wrong. She still had a, uh, had a heart, there's no doubt, but she was more into the do what it takes to succeed kind of deal. That's basically how I picture it. But the relationship she did have, the relationship I should say she did um, have with Sonic did, you know, create some interesting scenarios, especially from a story dynamic, because it would cause a rift between Sonic and Tails, which would come to a broil, uh, well, not broil, but a boil, I should say, um, in the House of Cards two-part arc, 178 to 179. And the reason it came to a boil then is because Tails, when he first saw Sonic and Fiona making out, out and everything, basically tried to explain to Fiona, look, you know, maybe we can... Basically, when Tails discovered that there was something going on between, you know, 
uh, Fiona and his BFF, his big brother, if you will, yeah, it didn't sit well with him. You know, it didn't sit well with him whatsoever, even though he tried to explain to Fiona, well, look, you know, we're both foxes, maybe we could work something out. You know, he tried to justify, you know, them being an item. But Fiona, at that time, had to let him down and be like, look, you're five, six years younger than me, it's not going to work. You know, it's not going to work. Nowadays, you might question that with the way society is, but again, be that as it may, be that as it may, you know, it didn't, like I said, Tails did not like this. He yelled at Sonic that he hates him. And then for a while, they kind of, you know, they kind of steered away from that a bit. It was, there was still hints of something there, but they steered away from it. That is until we got to House of Cards. And that is basically when Tails defending his family against Sonic because, you know, he... You know, he just got his parents back, you know, not that long ago. He just got his parents back. (laughs) Like I said, you know, Taylor's who'd gotten his parents back physically, you know, not that long ago, you know, came to his dad's aid because his dad had this belief, and I guess he had this belief even uh, before the coup that, you know, Robotnik did, that... You know, the rule of the people should be in the hands of the people, not the royal family. So by basically defending his parents and the goal to make, you know, something happen, if you will, like I said, in a chance to defend his family, he basically fought Sonic. He fought him out of the uh, prison or jail, if you will, that uh, Amadeus, his dad, was kept in just for you know temporary reasons till they could clear things out. And he fought him from there into the forest. And it was in the forest where Sonic's trying to, you know, wonder where is this all coming from? Why are you doing this? Why are you taking everything I did for you and, and throwing it away? You know, why are you taking everything I did for you and skewing it? You know, why are you taking everything I did for you, I did to help you, and basically, you know, putting it in the trash? And it's when Sonic basically brings up helping him that Tails finally lets it out by saying, so you dated Fiona to help me. That was to help me. You dated the woman I loved to help me. And that's when, it, and that's when Sonic basically realized, wait a minute. So Fiona is so all this anger you have towards me that's been building up for who knows how long is all because I dated Fiona. You know, it's like it even. I mean, let's let's be honest. Even as a reader nowadays, looking back on that issue or listening to the comic dubs and everything, or people talking about it. Even that still is a bit of a shock. Like, wait a minute. So, Tails' anger in story is not because he's defending his parents because he believes what they're trying to do is the right thing for the people, but mainly it's also the fact that Sonic dated Fiona Fox, who pretty much told him that it's not going to work out because of the age difference. It's like, you know, you would. Th- it's like, you know, you would think, when is it going to get through to his stick skull that that never would have happened? But yet, that was the reason for the fight, because of Fiona. Because of Fiona. But yeah, she is definitely in the list of love interests Sonic had. It's just the fact that she's a love interest that, you know, when it comes to others like Tails, 
you know, wouldn't see any value in being with someone a lot young, well, not too younger, but basically at an age which would basically cause trouble for her. But yeah, she she was an interesting one. There was no doubt. And I think the other reason penders and bowlers went with her was because basically from a style perspective, she was sort of similar to, to Sally in a way. Very similar to Sally. There is, you know, no doubt about that. You know, there's no doubt about that. Very similar in style somewhat, design, character design-wise, to Sally. So they figured, hey, why not go with some money that's identical to his, you know, actual OG love interest, you know, because of the design. And there you go. You know, there you go. But again, it was also done mainly for a little high school drama. You know, when it came to the two brothers, if you will, in arms, Tails and, and Sonic. Now, with that said, with that said, we still have one more to go. And we all know who that is. And that last one, of course, would be Sally herself. Sally Acorn, Princess Sally. And I don't think I have to talk any more about this than anybody else. This is a romance that has been around since the beginning of the comic. And there have been on and off moments with them in the comic, on and off moments with them in the show. But basically, these two are indeed, an, uh, were indeed an item. There's no doubt. But there are a few things that uh, Samtastic did not touch upon when it came to them. First of all, first of all, basically, as we were building towards Endgame. The comic became more Satyam-like, so basically the relationship between the two, you know, reflected that, you know, the relationship in the show. And then after Sonic awoke her a la Snow White style at the end of Endgame, you know, not only did he say he loved her, but they did end up kissing. And one of, the, and one of those, well, not one of those, but that kiss basically, along with Sonic saying that he loved her, basically indicated that these two were now an item officially so you know so 225 so 222 was not the first time they became an official item no it was basically around issue 50 where that was cemented and it would be on and off again for a while until we would essentially as i mentioned earlier you know with mina get to 121 and oh not 121 but 122 and 123 it would be there where finally, mostly 123, where they would acknowledge the love for each other again. And it would be 124, basically, where um, Sonic would be the consort, if you will, of Sally, basically her fiancé, you know, um, for a future marriage. Now, of course... Of course, we got to touch upon the fact that that didn't last long. We had Sonic sacrificing himself, coming back. They tried to renew it, but this would lead us to 134 with the infamous slap scene. And this was done mainly because they wanted to get away from the romance, but also the fact that according to rumors, certain people working on the book at the time that were not Ken Penders were not in favor of this relationship. They weren't. 
And so be that as it may, though, even though it took a while, these two did end up getting back together officially, like I said, around 222. However, there would be moments of flirtation, friendly, friendly flirtation, flirtation, I should say, friendly flirtation between them throughout the comic afterwards. Like, they would still kind of touch upon the whole, okay, they, 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 there's something going on between them, there's, things are not going to be as they were before, but over time there were things you know, that were kind of getting rebuilt. There were things that were kind of indicating that they might end up together. And there was even an issue where basically it looked like they were teasing maybe something was going to happen until they got interrupted. But then, like I said, 222 comes around, and there you go. But what's crazy about 222 is it was actually helped by the fact that throughout various moments throughout the comic before then, we would have them, like I said, kind of having the moments. Like even when Sonic would go confront Eggman at the end of 199 leading into the 200th issue, Allie would basically hang on him telling him to be careful, basically showing him by doing that that – even though it's not physically said, even but but it's visually seen, basically showing that she still loves him. She still loves him. It's just that you know the thing is. It's just that the thing is at that moment. You know they got to focus on the mission. But again, that little moment where she's telling him to be careful at the end of one ninety nine when he goes to confront Eggman. You know that visually tells the whole story of yeah she still loves him. And it wouldn't take long for basically that to become a reality because Iron Dominion basically served as a catalyst. With Sonic kind of being uneasy with Monkey Con and Sally being an item, you know, accepting it but not so, but not so, you know, not so greatly. But it would be Sally's interaction with Monkey Con and seeing the similarities to Sonic that she would realize, yeah, I still have a thing for Sonic. You know, I still have feelings for him, and that would lead into issues afterwards, um, after 211, where they would get to, you know, they would go on missions together and everything, and throughout these missions, mostly towards the end, you would get little moments here and there between them that indicated, yeah, they're going to go there. They're going to go there for the third time, and they did. And they did. Unfortunately, it wouldn't last long, and, you know, of course, we get the Mecha Sally arc, which left led into the uh, Mega Man uh, crossover, which led into the reboot, Redcon, soft reboot Redcon, and the rest is history. And basically there was no indication that Sonic and Sally will ever be a th- will ever a thing in the new reality. Although Sonic embracing Sally with tears of joy in his eyes basically indicated he still had a thing for her, but her being like, whoa, hold up, what's going on here? Yeah, that kind of indicated, yeah, this is Sally, but the romance has kind of died down. Although a lot of fans still believe that had the comic continued without being canceled, and this is a fact, that maybe we would have gotten something. Even though Ian Flynn basically said he was done with romance, here's a question to, to that, Ian. If you were done with romance in the Sonic comic, then why put Bunny and Antoine back together, and why tease an LGBTQ ship between Nicole and Sally? That doesn't seem to make sense to me, if you understand where I'm coming from. But yeah, but yeah, he, but yeah, Sally and Sonic. There's no doubt that you know their relationship was kind of an up and down deal, depending on who wrote it. But 
you know, it will go down as one of the more longer-lasting relationships in comics of the modern era. There's no doubt about it. Anyway, though, guys, that's all I really wanted to touch upon right now, basically in response to Samtastic's video. Um, I don't know if I'll put up pictures of all the girls. I'll probably just put up his thumbnail for his video as a response, you know, as part of the response. But, yeah, basically I do agree that he the experience of Sonic's romance in the Archie books is a complicated one. There is no doubt. And I think if it was anything that would have, you know, kept it from not being uh, banned, if you will, you know, by Ian, by Ian Flynn, by, you know, him basically saying, I'm done with this, is I think basically it's not just the fans, but I think it's the writers before him. I think if the writers before him would have just said, you know what, Sonic and Sally, this is the, this is the relationship, nothing more, let's stick with that, you know, I... I don't think, you know, Ian would be afraid to do any more romantic stories. I don't think so. And even if, and even with something like Tales and Fiona, you know, easily make that simplified and all that, not a big deal. Amy, you know, finally have a moment between her and, you know, and Sonic and, you know, maybe Sonic's parents where they explain to her, look, Amy, visually you might have, you know, physically you might have aged yourself up, but you're still a little girl. And all you're doing is crushing on a guy that you know you'll never be with. So, you know, they've, again, if they would have just simplified things, done certain things here and there, I don't think romance would have been an issue even in the new Red Connor reboot. I think, honestly, we still would have had Sonic and Sally had romance, you know, been an issue thanks to previous writers before Ian, let's be honest. And not just the fan base either. I mean, because I know the fan base could be easily blamed, but I think but I think the previous writers before Ian really didn't help out in, you know, this department. But anyway, though, guys, give me your thoughts. Give me your thoughts in response to... Sonic's romantic experiences, you know, what did you think, you know, about them in the comics, each of them, if you will. Also check out Fantastic Fantastic's uh, video on it, his OG video on it as well. I will link that at the end. But, again, give me your thoughts, give him your thoughts. Let us know what, how you feel overall. You will get an audio podcast of this at BWRoads Discussions at all your favorite audio podcast locations except for Pandora. Also, go and support me at Venmo at Brian-Roma-2. You know, Cash App at BWRoads98. Also, check out my DeviantArt page at BVW1979. Also, support me at Vimo at BWRoads for content you can't get here on YouTube. Patreon.com at BWRoads, the $1, $3 tier. Also, check out the Teespring store as well. But guys, give me your thoughts overall, and until then, I will talk to you all later.